0: Your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number seven. Hey, listen, I hope you are having a fantastic day, whether you find yourself in the morning, in the afternoon, or at evening. I hope you're doing really, really great. Hey, just a a fun, cool family moment for us. I get to go see my son today. I'm recording this on a Friday, and uh, I get to go see my son today. We haven't seen him since, I think, the third week of August. We dropped him off at Grand Canyon University And we get to go see him today. So I am super pumped. I'm cranking out a few podcasts before we get on the road and go see him. But I can't wait to see him. It's been a crazy season for us transitioning as a family sending our oldest off to school I don't know if you find yourself in uh, any of that right now like transition crazy maybe you sent your kid off to college it's super weird super hard but anyway we're figuring it out day by day but it was a it's been a really interesting uh, period of time for us but I get to go see him today. Yeah, we all do. So I'm excited about that. Hey, just want to say thanks. Thanks for those of you who have commented, those of you who have have subscribed on all the different platforms, on all the social media platforms. Thank you so much. Again, as you subscribe, as you like, as you send it out and share and all that good stuff, I think the cool thing about it is we're just enabling people to understand and learn more about the Word of God. Just short little, short little podcast, short little thought to help people kind of of get in the, in the uh, rhythm of listening to scripture and then maybe even digging in deeper. So so glad you're doing that. Thank you so much. You know I've told you uh, about uh, a little bit about my time in India um, for the last eleven years. Um, I have been serving in India. Have re- it's been it's like my home away from home. There's a lot of stories around India that I'll be sharing in the in the months and weeks to come. But India has been absolutely transformational in not only my walk with the Lord, but also in every other part of my life. It has literally changed everything. It really has. And one of the, the, the things that has changed me probably more than everything is my interaction uh, with the pastors of India. These pastors have continued to challenge and remind me who Jesus really is. And and Patty and I for the last 10 years have been sponsoring a pastor and this pastor, just asking them some questions, like, tell me a little bit about what it means to be a pastor in India. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Tell me about suffering. Tell me about persecution, all that kind of stuff, because it's so foreign to me. I have been a pastor for 20 years and all of that isn't completely foreign to me. And so uh, I was meeting with my pastor and talking to him about um, my Indian pastor, telling, asking him, tell me a little bit about what ministry looks like in your village. And he says, well, this is when I first met him. Well, um, as far as the persecution that we've received, my family has been abused and beaten three separate times. And our home has been burnt to the ground. Our church and home has been burnt to the ground three separate times. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? He was like, yes, but it's kind of a crazy story. Um, we got a they beat up my family, my wife and my kids and me, and then they burnt the church down. And then we built it back, but we built it bigger. And then when we built it bigger, more people came and then they abused us again. They burnt the church down and we built it bigger and more people came. And then the third time they beat us up and they, and we built the the church bigger and the church grew. And I'm just like, this is a church growth model. Like a church growth model in an Indian culture is the more we're abused, And the more suffering and sacrifice we go through, the gospel continues to go through. And he goes, yes. So if that is how God, he literally said this, this is, if this is how God chooses to use me and my family, to him be the glory, to him be the glory. When we come to our end, this is what this man's teaching me. When we come to our end, this is where Jesus begins. This is where he is working When we give up, when we let go, he is going to do great and mighty things. But we so often are getting in the way of what God is trying to do in and through us because we don't want it to cost us anything. And this pastor has taught me, no, let go. Let God do what God's going to do. And that's why John 3 verse 30 is so important. And it's just a really simple verse from John the Baptist. And he says this in the context, you remember John 3 is John 3, 16, this really beautiful passage. Now this, you know, I mean, everybody knows that verse, but we come to the very end and John kind of ends with this thought. He must become greater and I must become less. Boy, that sounds great, doesn't it? Boy, that'll preach really, really well. We love that. We go like, yes, let's make Jesus greater. Like, and we need to become less until we start realizing what that actually means. What that actually is going to cost us. And then it becomes this very, how am I going to do this? Very kind of terrifying, to be honest, terrifying passage. Like we, we like to put these things on coffee mugs and bumper stickers and mirrors until we realize how absolutely transformational and what they're actually going cause to cause us to do when we dig into. It's amazing to me how these short verses, such small verses can just have massive impact. So I'm sitting on the front porch just working through this and I just kept going over in my mind. Over and over and over. He must become greater. I must be. I must become less. And I'm going, what does that mean? What is he trying to say? What is he trying to say in the context of the passage? What is he trying to say through this incredible declaration to these uh, followers of his? What is he trying to say? And what does that mean for me right here and now in my life? And I wonder if you might ask the same question right now. What does this mean to you? that Jesus must become greater and that you and I must become less. You see, this is not just a meta declaration, right? We love these meta things. Like they're really big. Like, yes, amen. I agree. I believe that's true. Let's do that, right? That's It's really good. And it feels really good to say something like that, right? We're like, yes, I feel great that I believe that until we start realizing this is actually not just a meta declaration high 30,000 feet. This is in the weeds. It is a micro declaration. It is saying in all things, and it just got real personal for you and I, in all things, Jesus must be greater, And you and I must be less. And that's where all the conviction came from. This is where I've started to like zoom into my life and go, oh my gosh, I've just kind of received this as a a meta declaration. I believe that to be true without understanding the micro consequences, (laughs) the micro things that I need to sacrifice in order to really live out this declaration. Because what I understood about myself, and maybe you're working through this right now, is this. I have a will. I have a plan. I had to have a desire. And many times it's in conflict with God's will and God's plan and what he's asking me to do. And there is a tension and a struggle in that. And I find myself in the midst of that. So I, I started thinking through this and I I love this example is the love languages. I think the love languages are really, really helpful. Um, I think they're helpful for relationships. I I think they're helpful for identifying things. So please, as I go into this example, let me say that I really do think it's super helpful. But here's what I find very interesting in the love languages. Within the love languages a person or a couple or whatever, they go, I am a person of touch. I like touch. And so therefore, you have to give me a back rub. You have to do that for me. Otherwise, you're not really loving me. And then the other person goes, No, 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 no. I'm a person of words. And so you must affirm me all the time. And if you don't affirm me, then it must mean you don't love me. And so what it ends up becoming instead of being this a liberating way in which we can know and understand each other and care and serve for each other, it becomes something selfish. It becomes something like, you have to do this for me because this is what I need. And I think so often we're doing this to God. Like, yeah, 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 God, I know that's your will, but you don't understand like you don't understand. And he's going, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. I created you. <laughs> I knit you together in your mother's womb. And we. you keep having this dialogue with me, this struggle with me. I am in control. I am high and lifted up. I am omniscient, which means I know everything, beginning, middle, end, all of it. Alpha, omega, beginning in the end. I know it all. I'm omnipresent, which means I'm all, all places at all times. And boy, you and I like to keep God in a box, don't we? We like to say, oh, no, you don't get it. Or you don't understand. It's like, no, 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 I'm right here. And I see it all. But yet you, we keep struggling with him because we're like, but this is what I need. And he's like, you don't know what you need. I do. And I'm trying to help you. And you need to decrease. You need to become less. And I need to become greater in your life. So the question for us to work through, that I'm working through, is what must I do in every situation of my life to make Jesus increase and myself to decrease? What must I do in every situation? Not just the big things, in everything, to make Jesus increase and myself to decrease. Like, what would it look like if you wake up in the morning, you take that first breath, and you just say, you must become greater today, Jesus, and I must become less. Teach me, Spirit, guide me. To be able to do that in every situation in my life, in every situation of my life. And I think we kind of reason away other things. We're like, no, no, that's a me thing. That's not a God thing. That's a me thing. Like I I find in social media, and I'll just let you know, not good at social media. Uh, You've already noticed that. If you've noticed that I don't post much, I don't. Uh, Even about this podcast, I'm not even sure what to really say. I'm not really, I I don't feel like self-promoting or any of that stuff. I just, it makes me uncomfortable. And for some of you who do that really well, awesome. I'm not dogging on you at all, promise. I just don't understand it. But what I find really interesting And the question that I've been working through is: What is the focus of your feed? Like, what is the focus of your social media feed? What are you trying to lift up? What are you trying to promote? And and, and again, while I'm still working through this, I think that's why the struggle is for me: is like, oh, if I'm not careful, I'm just like always making my things known. And like, what does it look like for me to? Decrease on my social media platforms and increase who God is, who he is. What would that look like? Be honest, really, truly be honest about yourself. Be honest where you're at with this. And it's okay. Like, don't, don't, don't be so ridiculously difficult on yourself, right? Just deal with it. Like face the truth. Oh yeah, that's about me. That's about me getting glory. That's about me pushing my thing. That's about me uh, trying to move whatever thing I think is important right now. That's about me. And what does it look like to bring that into conviction? Because this is what's happening with John. Very interesting. John's followers are going, hey, man, you're the real deal. You're the real deal. In fact, many of them thought, I think you're the Messiah. And they're like, I want to link up with this guy. He's the Messiah. And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't deserve that. I am a creation. Jesus must be greater and I must be less. The greatest example of how this looks is Jesus in light of God, the father. And he says in Philippians, uh, Paul says in Philippians 2, 4 through 7, let each of you look not only to your own interest, but to the interests of others have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus is the greatest example of saying God must be lifted up. And I am going to die on a cross so that humanity can be made right before God the Father. He served. He cared. He went after God's glory. And he's inviting you and I into that same same sacrifice in everything that we do. So the greatest indicator of where you are at in Christ. People ask that all the time. I, I wonder how I'm doing in Christ. I wonder if I have a good relationship with Him. Like I'm doing all the right things, but I just don't feel full. The greatest indicator of where you're at in Christ will be evident in how you decrease yourself and increase Christ in everything. The greatest indicator of where you are at in Christ will be evident in how you decrease yourself and increase Christ. And what I love about that statement is this is good news. This is the gospel. This is what Jesus displayed for you and I. And so the question that we should be asking is where do we need to decrease today? Where do you need to decrease today in order for Christ to be lifted high and above? May Jesus be glorified today as you decrease in all you do to increase all he is. Amen? So, take a breath. Reflect and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Till next time, cheers.